All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. So, like 9.45 this morning, our radio station, which is on the Windsor Street Exchange in Halifax, there's this car accident. I hear a, a loud crash, and uh, the co-host, um, Deb, sees everything. She saw everything. This guy, uh, I, I still don't know what happened. I don't know if you do. I don't know if you, like, blacked out for a sec or if he was texting, but the velocity, he takes down a pole... And then like a good 200 yards away, he flies through the Windsor Street wedge and is only stopped by yet another pole from entering busy traffic on the Windsor Street Exchange where he very likely could have been T-boned on his driver's side door. Oh, and he could have been T-boned multiple times. True. It's very true. It was it was quite harrowing. Uh, and then I immediately get out and we just start watching and people come from all directions to check on him and... It was a little scary at first because he didn't get out of the car for a while. And all you could see from my distance was that his bag had definitely popped. Um, but uh, then about five minutes later, he gets out and he seems like a little a little shook up. But in no time, he's walking around and like in, inspecting his car and a bunch of different like emergency personnel show up. The EHS was there, fire and police and everybody. Uh, they, they hung around for qu- quite a little while and he seemed to be fine, but I, I don't know if we'll ever know what caused the accident because his momentum was something. Like younger guy, older guy? No, probably like in his 40s. Okay. Yeah, it almost seems like the, it might have been like a car issue because like, Maybe, you know, yeah. that le- that level of, um, you know, uh, dis uh, disinterest for public safety usually doesn't happen at quarter to 10 in the morning well and i have to think once you hit one giant lamp pole enough to take it down you hit the brakes but like there are there are no skid marks across the windsor street exchange he wasn't braking he was only stopped by another pole so i wondered if either the brakes were busted or if he had some kind of uh frightening episode episode yeah wow crazy but yeah that was the big drama of the morning my day has not held up to quite the excitement level at which it began. No. no. We were on a phone meeting at the time, and that was like, yeah, that was the high point of excitement. Oh, yeah, people coming from like, I mean, our building is not that full of people, but enough people enter the studio to be like, do you see what happened? As if it was <laughs> funny. It was like quite troubling. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm, I'm still getting over this. Yeah, I'm it's hoping that guy is life. alive. Yeah, right. How you doing? It's been forever. I know, it's been a couple of weeks good the humidity like officially i think broke yeah it the seems heat good warnings now. Are, are like yeah it's kind of refreshing it is nice you go outside and you get like a breeze now it's great i'm looking at the window right now and the trees are like rustling and moving all over the place it's what i like to see yeah yeah we're we're starting to enter yeah i hate to say it but we're starting to enter fall oh, what's the matter with you you can still golf in the fall <laughs> it's not just golf no i think that's your main motivator seasonally no, I love summer. I love summer at all all times. But what else, what else do you love about summer? You you're not um like a beach goer per se. Oh, no, I am. Oh. I love going to the beach. I love going to the lake. I love just like being outside. Just work usually gets in the way. What is the status of your outdoor TV entertainment setup? I haven't gone for it yet, but I mean, there's still time for that. Um, my cousin uh, set up an outdoor projector screen. Okay. 
I think it's becoming a little more popular. Jen's uh, <laughs> parents set up an outdoor TV on their cottage deck, which is like perfect. Nice. Yeah. I mean, they just bring it back in. They just set it up on a table and then, but yeah. Do you have cable on the internet at your cottage? No, we have in the past experimented with having those and we just find they don't get a whole lot of use. And now yeah, it's I kind of a, where... it's a novelty about going there. That's where they are with it too. They they were considering getting it for this summer specifically so they could, you know, watch the Bruins game or whatever. But at the end of the day, they're like, you know what? It's the cottage. We If we get CBC and it's on, then great. And that's what we have too. We have an antenna. So you can see probably whatever, you know, Leafs game is on. Like we'll get like Hockey Night in Canada and right. probably Big Bang Theory reruns, but that would be the right. extent of it. Maybe like the six o'clock news, but I, the TV doesn't even go on. And, uh, recently like we've been out there into the evening and eventually it just gets really dark you know your fire burns out you're uh sick to your stomach from all the s'mores and beers you've had and you kind of do want to watch something to wind down and i right. realize i really need to drag out like a parks and rec dvd or something so there's always something to watch out at the cottage because after a certain point like you're uh you start to jones for some traditional city entertainment yeah just get some like even some uh some like you know, Jen, the big the big hits at Jen's place are uh, uh, Space Jam, okay, VHS. Yeah, uh, I think they have like the Babysitters Club VHS. Wow, that uh, comes up again. I know. Yeah, maybe because it's just top of mind. But um, yeah, no, they have a bunch of like Disney VHS movies. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah, that's all you need. What else I have you think been, we can go deeper on it. Have you been watching anything besides, and we're going to, this is our first ever show, show series series, and we can we can get into that shortly. Um, yeah. Or not too shortly. I, I want to make sure we hit an hour here, but I'm a little concerned that we don't have enough to talk about. Have you had time to watch anything else? Um, Not really, no. It's been mainly sports. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, Why would you lie to me? I don't know. You know what we started watching on uh, Disney Plus was Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year. Yeah, it's it's the famous movie in which a child breaks his arm, and when he takes the cast off, his his arm is stronger than ever, so he becomes a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. What a premise! I love it. And Gary Busey is like the old. Um, uh, like grizzled pitcher who has to like teach him and also start dating his mom. Wow. That So you say you started watching it. Was it not worth finishing or you're trying to break it up to enjoy it a little bit longer? We've kind of just like put it on. Like this was the first time we put it on after finishing um, uh, normal people. Okay. But we'd started it before and then I think we like went away and then we came back and started normal people. And then that's a hell of a post normal people palate cleanser. It really is. <laughs> it was honestly 100% necessary. Like yeah. just a cheesy, good, like, so then I guess this laughable. means I see, I've never really heard about this movie. Obviously I've heard about the movie like Mike. It seems like there is uh, a bit of a, a class, a genre of films wherein small children gain the super athletic powers of a professional sportsman. Totally. I love how they don't try to be too um, fantastical about it, though. Like the doctor says the tendons have like fused to your elbow. So they're just extremely tight. Yeah. So like that. Explains that's all. Everything. That's all you need. And, and then he just <laughs> catches a ball. He catches a ball in the uh, outfield. 
and goes to throw it back in, but like throws it to home plate and like knocks the catcher backwards. And they're like, whoa, who it, is this kid? It doesn't sound terrible. So you're not just watching it ironically. It's like genuinely kind of sweet. No, it was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a funny watch, like, because some, some of the parts are genuinely kind of funny. And it's also a funny watch because some of the edits are so weird and like, you know, with kids movies when you're just like, why would that happen? Yeah. A lot of that stuff going on. Speaking of like Mike, amazingly, uh, I had that movie brought to my attention a couple of days ago for the first time in a long time. I've really gotten into, uh, movie reaction video channels on YouTube Oh, interesting. Which I think is a genre that's existed for a long time, but it's definitely been uh, multiplied in COVID. So many people who are trapped at home and they just decide I'm finally going to watch all the movies people say I'm supposed to see. And so it, it begins with Star Wars. You you get on a tip of, of young people, typically young women whose dads never showed them Star Wars. Uh, and they sit down and they watch all nine Star Wars movies in a row for the first time. And it's actually kind of a wonderful thing to see because you get to see someone in real time fall in love with something that's great. And so that's so actually... So how long are these videos? So they'll each like, they'll put up like a 20 minute video, which is just the highlights of them watching all the best parts of of Star Wars. And they comment on it as they go and they make little predictions. It's So it's them going like, whoa, what? Like Darth Vader's the father? That's right. Like and, in, while they're watching. It. And okay. sometimes they'll go, oh, I've heard that before. Like, oh, I've heard, I didn't know what that quote was from, but now I know. And so uh, it's not just Star Wars. You tend to start with Star Wars, but then they'll do like Lord of the Rings or they'll do the Godfather movies. And I was watching okay. this one really funny gal uh, watch Back to the Future for the first time. And as soon as, oh. as, soon as she saw Crispin Glover, she's like, is that the dude from Like Mike? And I was like, <laughs> in what world do you see Like Mike and not Back to the Future? Yeah. Where Like Mike is more of a classic film to you. Like later on, she was watching The Phantom Menace and there's just a brief moment where Warwick Davis has a cameo in the box seat at the pod race. And she's like, is that Warwick Davis? And I'm like, how do you know who Warwick Davis is? But you've never seen Star Wars. She chose such interesting paths. Yes, she did. And she's like clearly a pop culture junkie to know the name Warwick Davis and pronounce it correctly. Well, I think the biggest videos coming out are like the like the song reaction videos, like the Phil Collins one, and those are really having a moment. I haven't watched any of those, but people seem to like them. It's also really fun. It's really cool to like see somebody from a totally different um, kind of background It'd be exposed to a, a style of music that they're not otherwise. But they're it, not familiar with it all. Yeah, like country music, like people who actually decide to give country music a shot for the first time can be really interesting. And and what's charming about all of these videos, movies and, and music and whatever else, is that it's just people, the whole theme of their channel is open-mindedness, right? Like wanting to right. like something. And, and that's yeah. that's kind of beautiful. Well, the, the whole Time Crisis um, radio show that I listen to, which is Ezra Koenig from Vampire Weekend and like a few of his buddies, like producers and stuff, they sit down every two weeks and uh, go over the top five and Taylor Swift. They were like, we have to address the Taylor Swift thing. And like, we all decided that this song was the most interesting song on it. And it was like the, uh, the song about the, like the greatest loves or the greatest like couple or America's greatest. Oh, the last great American dynasty. Last great American dynasty. That song so is, they, is incredibly interesting. So they, yeah, so they listen to that and they're like, oh my God, there's a plot twist in this song. There is. And she's like, whoa, they're like, what a flex. Like, 
she bought this house <laughs> and then they do a deeper dive and they're like finding out like oh man apparently the municipality of like wherever that that house is like is is kind of like in an uproar because like all of Taylor's security staff has been like overtaking the beach and stuff. And well, and also it's a song about how uh, gossip, small town gossip, affects the reputation of women disproportionately, and about how uh, like any kind of woman with a certain amount of agency and and free spiritedness, free spiritedness gets kind of labeled as loud and disruptive. That's really what the song is about. That she's kind of very similar to this Rebecca, who's the protagonist of the song. Right. I like the uh, the use of gauche in that song. Man, I say the word gauche quite a bit. And Becky heard the word gauche in that song. I think she thought I made up the word gauche until she heard Taylor say it. <laughs> like, Colin, she used your word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. She was reading my notes. Yeah. <laughs> did you send this? Did you watch uh, American Pickle? I did. What did you think of American Pickle? I, You know what? Very much like I said how I was kind of like, I don't think it's going to be that good. It's no Palm Springs. It's no Palm Springs. Right. Um, I did like it. Yep. I thought, I thought it was funny. I thought it showed, um, I think it was more trying to make a, a point than be hilarious. Yeah. It was, it was almost like a commentary about like Trump and our times. Right. Yeah. And the short story kind of is like, I, I, I started reading the short story afterwards. Did you read that yet? No, I didn't. But in hindsight, it kind of makes sense. I mean, it's it's a it's a short story or it's a movie about Americanism. It's right there in the title. So how could they make a movie called American Anything and not make it an allegory? Totally. And a lot of Simon Rich's um, stories kind of deal with moral dilemmas. So yeah. that was that was no no super surprise to me. I thought the the modern day character who Seth plays Ben. I thought he was kind of irredeemable. Like he wasn't a very nice person. Yeah. I always hate it when someone goes to like a, a crazy length to really like sewer someone, yeah. you know, like you're like, you would not, you don't want your grandfather to fail this badly. True. But it's not a very, a vengeance. it's not a movie based in, in realism at all. Like it's a, it's a very decidedly oh, silly movie. Like he's so psyched about all the seltzer water. Um, and I also, honestly, I, I really kind of similarly to this, um, uh, baseball movie you're talking to me about. Is it baseball? Football? Uh, yeah, no baseball. Baseball. Of the year. Like yeah. they just decide that they're not going to break their backs, uh, explaining the science behind being, uh, brined for a hundred years. They're just like, Hey, here's some right. science. And everyone's like, ah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. They're like, they explained everything very deeply. I thought that was great. Everyone was satisfied with the explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that too. I thought that was very funny. Uh, and I also I, didn't know that the pickles were going to be so centric to it. Like after he gets out of the pickle brine, pickles remain very crucial to the plot of the film all the way through. I don't think that was in the short story at all either. No. I think that they like, they really, you know, they went all out on the, on the pickle part of it, but I, I liked it. I also watched spinster. So how did you find this? Was this, is this on Amazon? It's on iTunes. So I paid six bucks to watch it. Oh, you did. Okay. Which I was happy to do to support my local film industry. Uh, okay. it's, uh, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. Um, yeah. But Chelsea Peretti's quite good. There are a few people in it who are like genuinely bad. Um, yeah. And I, Locals? I, 
I didn't recognize a ton of people in it. Maybe a couple of extras. I'm like, oh, I think I know who that person is. Um, and you recognize a couple of, of settings. Like at one point, Becky was like, is this the seahorse? And then in the very next camera shot, she's sitting next to the seahorse at the bar. Uh, okay. <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely the seahorse. Um, she's really good. She's really funny. And the script is funny. There are a couple of very strange shots that give it a real Canadian film aesthetic and not necessarily in the best of ways. Um, so it kind of makes you wonder like why she wanted to be attached to this. Maybe because there's not a lot of offers for Chelsea Preddy to be the star of a, of a funny movie. And it is a funny movie. Um, and it's very sweet. We, we enjoyed watching it all the way through, but it's, it's not, it, it's not, I don't even think she's going to like go on Seth Meyers to promote this movie. Cause like, it's not a festival film. Doesn't seem like, it seems like more of a self exploration style movie than a, um, exciting kind of uh you know page turner yeah i mean it's a singular character arc it's about this one woman who she turns 39 at the beginning of the movie uh, and it's basically the next year of her life deciding that um it's okay that she's never gotten married and had kids even though like that's what it seems like everybody else in her generation surrounding her does and then that's kind of where the the writing feels a little bit lazy like she'll be at a dinner party and people will be like don't you feel unfulfilled? Isn't it kind of selfish not to have a kid? And you're like, I mean, I'm not saying that people, that women aren't judged for not um, following the the motherhood route. I'm sure they are, but I, I'm not sure it's, it's kind of like how I always criticize bullying in movies. It's like, this is too on the nose. It's too overt. Right, right. Yeah, as if you're going to turn to a single lady and go, don't you feel unfulfilled? There's a guy, there's a scene in the movie where there's this like, He's kind of supposed to be very brutish and maybe a little drunk. And so he's being a, a exceptionally rude to her where he's just like, well, I think you, you're being incredibly selfish. <laughs> and it's, you're just like, I don't buy oh this. God, and I also yeah. don't buy that nobody's jumping to her defense. Right. Yeah. Right. That's another part of it. But um, it's good. It was okay. It was all right. But worth six bucks? Absolutely worth six bucks. But uh, but, okay. know, but know what you're getting. You're, you're not getting... To all the boys I've loved before, you're not getting Notting Hill. But it's also not like, here's here's kind of what I would put it on par with. It's not like King of Staten Island. No, no. no. It's 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 nothing like like the big movie from one of our generation's great comedic auteurs, no. I wouldn't put that up there yet. I, I What I mean is a, a story around a singular comedic character that is like enjoyable there's you know maybe a plot twist but overall like you walk away and you're like oh, i like that story there was funny people in it the acting was good and there was like i think i like, think probably tonally it strives to be in that class right and it's nothing against chelsea peretti i think the ensemble needs to be stronger as it always is in an apatow movie and it, it's not at all here right right that's yeah. fair a couple of things canceled. Uh, I'll start at the bottom and work towards um, what's most disappointing. Uh, Tosh point, uh, Tosh point oh is canceled. One. Yeah, that honestly, I mean, that's that's a sign of the times. I think I didn't know it was still on. Um, Drunk history like canceled highest, today. That was like the highest grossing um, television show that Comedy Central had for I think like three years. Tosh point oh. Tosh is the cheapest show ever made. <laughs> it's just yeah. a, a guy and a one camera and all the content comes from somewhere else and it's free on the yes. internet yeah uh, drunk history was canceled today yeah is that 
did they cancel it? The, the drunk history folks like Derek Waters or was that uh, a Comedy Central thing? The language of the headlines is very um, uh, tactful and it seems to indicate that it was like an agreed upon thing. But I think, no, like uh, Comedy Central Viacom was a bit of a, a bit of a machete wielder today. Huh. I love drunk history. <clears throat> yeah, me too. It's good. I don't know if I would like sit down and binge a bunch of it, but the odd one is so enjoyable. So funny. Patriot Act was canceled this week. Hassan Minhaj, he's done. Oh. And that was Netflix. Yeah, I don't know when Netflix is going to get the memo that they're not the place for these weekly news-based shows. I think they're right. I think their platform is set up for binging. It's not set up for oh what's who, who's the guest on this new episode that we're only going to watch once this yeah, week. Yeah. I think that's the same reason it it might work for stand-up specials. Yeah. You know, we can watch this once and then be done. Or you can go back and watch it again, but you're never going to rewatch an older episode of a Patriot Act. And it's just too time sensitive, I think. Yeah, I really have to know like what day to expect it. And otherwise they just kind of inundate you with the with the banner. I liked it. It was a very well made show and I like him a lot. But I, I think Netflix is the wrong place for something like that. Also, they uploaded the full show on YouTube. So I'm not really sure why it ought to be hid behind a, a paywall. I mean, somebody has to pay for it, but like maybe the ad revenue can cover that and they can just keep doing it independently. Yeah, I kind of wonder what the reasoning for putting it up on YouTube was if they were putting it up on Netflix. And they would never normally do that. And and in the early seasons of John Oliver, they would do that as well. But now, and maybe they still do in the States, but now it's very hard to track down a YouTube clip of like the full last week tonight. Right, right. And, and High Fidelity got canceled, which we haven't had the chance to talk about. I got to say, I think that must have something to do with Zoe uh, Kravitz. Well, what like, do you mean? Because she seems really disappointed. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I didn't read any like quotes from her or anything. That's so surprising. She kind of criticized Hulu for not giving a fair shot to their one show starring a woman of color. Wow. I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it was just genuinely really, really liked. Uh, not by enough people, I guess. Maybe by the critics. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. I mean, yeah, maybe they just weren't. I mean, would we have given it much of a chance if we weren't such diehard TV guys? Maybe not. I think it was really up. I can't speak for you, but I think it was really up my alley. And I happen to be a a pretty big fan of of the film. So I wanted to give it a shot. Uh, I I think that has something to do with it, too. And also, I think... it only gets better after the first episode. It's one of those ones where yeah. y- you gotta keep watching. It's really disappointing because they, they had some more ground to cover. Like you'll remember her her friend, I think her name was Sharice. Like at the end, she finally buys that guitar and the idea the is we're gonna like build her, we're gonna expand upon that Jack Black arc where she eventually becomes like the the great performative stage god that she knows she can be. I was excited to see what comes of that. I don't really yeah. remember how the story ends for for Zoe Kravitz, for Rob, except I have a feeling she doesn't end up with Plop. Remember, like, the, there's the two guys, and one's her ex-boyfriend, and the other one is, like, the nice guy. Um, yeah. I think the idea was that, how oh, was it kind of a cliffhanger? Maybe a little bit. I think that has, that's got enough juice to get picked up by someone else. Like, I could see Netflix doing season two of 
Maybe, but or it's, just like I don't know, someone. It's not like there's outrage over. I feel like sometimes they they kind of check the waters after those things happen, and then if if the the noise dies down really quickly, it might not be worth their investment. Yeah, but I'm disappointed because I, I liked it and I thought it could continue to get better. She's going to be fine, by the way. She's like Catwoman, and the Batman is gearing back up next month. Um, but it's kind of too bad because it was it was it was well done as far as re adaptations go. Yeah, I certainly wasn't worried for uh, Zoe Kravitz's financial well-being. <laughs> yeah, her money. Her money's held <laughs> yeah. up. Speaking of Netflix, uh, a little bit of drama on Netflix today. Have you seen the banners advertising the French documentary Cuties? No. So it's this, it's this movie that um, I think it actually was pretty well-reviewed and maybe even uh, awarded at Cannes. I'm guessing Cannes because it's a French movie. Uh, it's it's about uh, child pageants, and it namely follows this one 11-year-old girl. Uh, and the movie's called Cuties. And uh, Netflix pretty... The movie's not out yet on Netflix, by the way, but they've been promoting it pretty heavily in their banners. And they have been criticized a lot the last few days for these images that really seemed to sexualize 11-year-olds. And... Right. You know what? I, I passively did see these banners a couple days ago and I, I did actively think that's creepy. And then I just moved yeah. on. I moved on with my life uh, right. and I forgot about it. And then today I saw that this was actually kind of blowing up and I was like, yeah, it was creepy. I probably should have tweeted something too. <laughs> you're yeah. You're the largest streaming service. Like why would you think that's okay? Well, and and I think, or at least portray it in a way that's like you know more protective. I think probably because the movie is celebrated, I'm sure it criticizes child pageantry. I'm sure it's not like a glowing review of right. of what it's it, like to be these kids or their families. But right. the images are very distasteful and upsetting. They're like yeah, in like like little <laughs> like skirts and like it's just like they're eleven. Yeah, that's. That's awful. So they've issued their mea culpa very quickly. They're like, oh, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. We're just going to show pictures of the parents. Right. <laughs> because they're the real villains here. They're also the real cuties. Should we check in with Ellen? Yeah, let's do in the uh, the Ellen check and the untrustful one. Ellen watched 2020. Uh, three top producers at the show severed ties this week they've been uh, essentially fired i think which is funny and I, I i have every faith that they were problematic people but i just have a feeling that if things get better at ellen now it's only because she knows she's under watch like she can't recover yeah. from this she really expects us to believe that like she is also a victim in this and and right. it's just so heavily documented that she is also deeply unpleasant right it's the headline that i saw said it sh the show ups staff perks spreads new message and return to work don't be afraid staffers will receive five paid days off to use at their discretion birthdays off and paid time for doctor's appointment and family matters like right yeah, and, man and i won't get like, uh i won't get fired for going to like my mother's funeral or or anything right <laughs> yeah that's allegedly happened in the past really Oh man, there's a laundry list. It's ugly. And and I'm not saying it's all true. I wasn't there. But a crowd rarely lies. You know what I mean? Like it's it yeah. is a crowd and again, I'm sure those three fellas sucked. And maybe it will get better for a lot of people. 
But also, a lot of people say you're not allowed to look Ellen in the eye. And, yeah. and that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like that's like right. that's a scary culture. And now she's kind of saying like her her version of taking some responsibility, some accountability is like I've I've not been watching closely enough. Like I need to be more mindful of what's happening under my nose, under my watch. And that's good. That's part of it. As long as you're also pleasant. And maybe you are. Right. I'm not saying nothing, but it just it stinks, I tell you. You know what? Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I was going to change the subject, but I feel like we didn't give it due diligence. Yeah, she sucks. <laughs> you can change the subject. I'm almost out. She has to suck. Uh, the the show that I think we have to cover next week. I got a few ideas. You got a few. Okay. Yeah. Um, can I can I get ahead of you? Number one. Yeah, uh, go for it. Um, I'm I'm thinking. Um, shoot, Lovecraft Country. Yeah, that was the number one. That was the one I was going to say. Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, I'd be thrilled to watch that. I haven't that's, watched. Uh, that. Is that on Prime? I don't know where it is. It already got renewed for season two, so that's a good sign. Whoa, awesome! And we could watch um, the one, the animated one that Jake Johnson was promoting the other day on the watch, the the cartoon where he's like a basketball coach or something. Anyway, it, I don't I know. Have not heard of this one. I don't know if it's good. It kind of looks like it's not going to be good, but it's it, that's the thing right now. It's like another raunchy cartoon. Right. I love, okay, well, maybe we can do Lovecraft Country. Yep. And, um, oh, actually, you know what? I might need to take another week off. That's all right. It's the summer. We can we can kind of do bi-weekly pods. I, I think we could still do it, but yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Lovecraft Country and um, Ted Lasso seem pretty pretty cool to me. Man, I just rewatched uh, We're the Millers. Speaking of Sudeikis, yeah, that guy is a genius. He is he is such he is like honestly as as good of an everyman as Paul Rudd, and I want the best of things for him. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with him in that movie, is there? But but there were some. I remember there being some kind of like cheese moments in that movie, and I think it was mainly just like the writing. In We're the Millers. I think it was where the Millers. It's where the Millers is. It's pretty irreverent. Like, it's I don't know. I, I, I like it's like a a drug comedy, right? Um, but it like they're, right. they're like a family dis, disguised as like a happy go lucky family taking the RV over the Mexican right. border. He, he, he hires the family kind of thing. Yeah. So Jennifer Aniston is like a a stripper who lives in his building, and he hires her. Right. He pays her to be his wife, and Emma Roberts is like a local ne'er do well. Hires her, and then. I forget the dude's name. He's going to be in the new Lord of the Rings reboot. Actually, he's a good actor. Uh, he kind of plays like the goofy little boy. Anyway, so like they're they're just a band of kind of merry misfits, um, loners who decide they're going to be a family. And by the end of it, they actually in their backwards raunchy way they do love each other. And Nick Offerman's right. in it, and Catherine Hahn. It's a good ride, honestly. It's a good Netflix watch. Maybe I, I think I confuse that with like maybe it's the new vacation movie or something. Maybe that's the one that I'm. Like, oh, not the same. Although Ed Helms is yeah. in it. Ed Helms is in it. Okay. Yeah, I gotta give it a rewatch. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, that's that's where I checked it out. And so, speaking of the Sudeikises, uh, Olivia Wilde signed on to direct an untitled, as yet female-centered Marvel movie for Sony. So not MCU, um, which leads i mean all signs point to spider woman interesting 
Is that domain that has so it's it's not MCU. So d- had it already existed? Uh, not beyond into the Spider Verse. Okay. Um, so it might be a spinoff of her. I mean, I still don't understand where Spider-Man belongs. Like, I know that he was he briefly was allowed in the MCU, and then the, remember they tried to take him away, and we were like, "Well, that's disappointing." And then, <laughs> right? They, then they saved that somehow. But I know, like, they make Venom with Tom Hardy at Sony. Like, that's not the same universe as Tom uh, Holland. So, I, I, I'm guessing Spider Girl is the same as that. I, I don't know Spider Woman actually. And we don't even know that that's what Olivia Wilde is making, but I think that would be sensible. That's what people seem to think it is. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I, tr- I I feel like I trust Olivia Wilde at this point after Booksmart. That's how I feel too. You know, I think she's a, a, a trustworthy name. Speaking of that, what's going on with uh, Beanie Feldstein? Is she up to stuff right now? I heard her on a podcast recently. Um, yeah, she must be. She must. Be, I think she might be in a movie or something. I'm not sure what it is, but she's in, because we always have to. We have to check on this uh, every so often for the next twenty years. She's in "Merrily We Roll Along," the Richard Linklater right. epic. Has that started filming? I think they've done a couple years of it already. <laughs> <laughs> so we only got like seventeen years to wait. Right, I don't know, and they're very early in it, but I do know Blake Jenner is the star of it, and he has been credibly accused of domestic assault by Melissa Benoist, Supergirl, and so they might have to like go back to the drawing board, and that will put them a year or two behind sketch. Mm-hmm. I can see that happening. He he was also in Linklater's Everybody Wants Some, which I've often um, lauded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I w- uh, have I made the joke of them doing like reshoots from jail? No, I don't know if you have. <laughs> like him, like you better do it now. Ex- extras, like extra prisoners in the background, and they're all in like orange jumpsuits, and you can tell they're like playing basketball in the background. But he's like, "Hey, get out of my garden!" Speaking of going to jail, can you think of a better image than Steve Bannon getting arrested by the U.S. Postal Service while on a boat? So I didn't read this story. I know that Steve Bannon got arrested. Yeah, he's he was indicted on fraud charges. Perfect. He was on a boat. He's been living on his yacht for the last two weeks, but he's just like okay. he's just moored in a harbor. Like I don't know if he thinks he's in international waters or something. He must have known that his goose <laughs> cool. was cooked. But uh, he's been telling people he's at sea, and he was just on a boat. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> and of all, like uh, Becky and I was, she was just explaining this to me because mail fraud is is a thing and that's what he's been charged of charged with uh the u.s postal service basically has uh the authority of of certain police powers and so through all of this uh trump is trying to destroy the post office thing they of all people got to arrest steve bannon today and that's i mean beautiful irony i love it weirdly satisfying yeah yeah what a headline that we wouldn't have thought we'd be saying five months ago i mean isn't that 2020 in a nutshell? I had a uh, a moment the other day. We were in the mall because uh, Becky had to get something in the mall. It's my first time in the mall uh, since March. And I didn't like it. I'm not going back anytime soon. And I'm looking around and literally everybody's wearing a mask, which has been uh, true for several weeks now. And that's comforting. But you do not have to go far back 
for this image to be very troubling. You know, you go back to like Valentine's Day and you say, well, by your birthday, this is what the mall is going to look like. And right. and I'm going to I'm 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 going to be quaking in my boots. Yeah. Because it's winter 100%. and I'm wearing boots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been kind of a slow burn that we've all eased into it. But I said, I think I might have said this on the podcast last or last time we did a podcast, which was like, yeah, if you looked last year and you saw everyone in a grocery store wearing a mask, it would be terrifying. Yeah, now it's just now it's it's more terrifying to see people not in masks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shall we talk about series is? I think I think it is the time that we can do that. Okay. How do you want to do this? I, 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 we should make this very clear. This is very spoiler heavy. If you have not watched all of The Watchmen, or just Watchmen, if you have not watched all of Normal People, I mean, we can't resist talking about what happens in the entire series, but we have, as you as you uh, devised in the last podcast, we have assigned each other our personal favorite limited series of the year so far for the other person to complete. Now, in case there are new listeners, because I know we got mentioned in a print interview this week for the first time, <laughs> uh, this is not this is not the typical uh, format of true. the show. That's well, true. it kind of is. We start out, we talk about entertainment news, we launch into one new show, possibly two new shows, usually two new shows. Um, we watch the pilot, we recap it, we discuss if we like it and whether we would watch it. Um, right and we have done podcasts time, about these pilots before and one really yes. piqued your interest right from the from the get-go you watched the whole thing and the other one me likewise but that was where each of us stopped respectively mm. and so we, it was yes. really important uh to us that we encourage the other to to stick it through and i believe you you didn't give Watchmen your ass did you oh i i you know i don't want to say for sure but i doubt it uh, it, it, maybe maybe you're right except it would sound more like me to say i can see why this is really good i'll give up my ass but i'm not going to watch it i've said that how many sure. times okay yeah although yeah. having watched the pilot twice now the pilot is the worst episode because you're just kind of friggin' confused the whole time nothing makes sense it's, it really they, it, it revels in that in fact they piece it together as the show goes along. It starts out as a huge question mark that gets answered throughout the series. Do you want to start there? Do you want to start with Watchmen? Yeah, let's start with Watchmen. Should I try and recap the entire season of this show, the whole series, all nine episodes, all 600 minutes of Watchmen? That's a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> um, how about we talk about I mean, I think we could give the main, the main broad strokes of the show. All right. Well, let's let's start with Angela with with Regina King. She is very clearly, decidedly the center fixture of this show. Yes. Watchmen appears to be some kind of indirect sequel to the very celebrated graphic novel Watchmen. That's right. None of the characters are quite as central as. Um, the original uh, comics, which, which the, can you run through who the main characters were in that original comic? Not especially, but the only ones I know to appear in this series are Dr. Manhattan, um, Ad Adamantius, is that what his name is? Yeah, is it Ozymandias? Ozymandias, Jeremy Irons' character, but he's, he's 
he's played by like Matthew Good. Like he's very young in the movie. Um, and right. in the movie, in the graphic novel, Rorschach is a singular character. In this show, it's kind of just like a symbolic encompassing of this like white supremacy organization. Yeah. Called the Covenant or something. I think that's what they're called. Um, so basically like all these racists wear Rorschach masks. Yeah. And that's and it. There's like, no like there's no like the comedian, there's no uh Jupiter, Malin Ackerman. And I, I I only saw Watchmen one time and when it first came out, and that was kind of like towards the end of the original golden age of of superhero movies. Like X Men was well established established and Sony Spider Man was well established, and so we figured this is gonna be another like fun romp. We didn't expect um like political satire, which Watchmen is. Right. And so it was probably not palatable to an eighteen year old and Maybe it wasn't a good movie, but this is definitely political satire and it is a good movie for the lack of a better word. Right. And in the same way, like my understanding of Watchmen is there are, are constantly like several different plots at play. Like there are like books that people are reading in the, in the comic that <laughs> goes story into in the, a like, story like, the plot of that. Yeah. And there's right. like, especially like I was told there was like one that was centered around pirates, which we don't see any of at all in this show. No, that doesn't seem to turn up at all. So it exists in an alternate universe where uh, superheroes, essentially vigilante superheroes started popping up in like the 20s. Um, yeah. Is that fair to say? And yeah. um, in this show, it's inspired initially by race riots in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the twenties. Yeah, and so it starts, which which are which are real, and yes. a, a, it was brought up actually a ton at like during the whole Black Lives Matter, uh, the beginning of that movement, where people were saying, you know, there were riots that people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they called it Black Wall Street, and people were literally bombed, dude. I I've watched this show with a pretty different lens than you watched it with. And it yeah. was, it was cutting when you saw it, but like some of the freaking parallels with the world in which we live now that I've watched it six months after it came out. Spooky right. brother. Like the, certainly the race riots that exist in this, the uh, relationship between police and black America Police being targeted and needing to wear masks to hide themselves. Friggin' masks, man. It is... Well, masks in general is so crazy. It is amazing how much... this. You can't believe that this show was made before 2020. Right. It is is so prophetic. And, I mean, that's really the whole point, is that this is what America has always been. So it shouldn't surprise you if it happens again. Um, Right. And I, I know I'm kind of all over the map here, but it really just kind of feels to me... And I didn't see this at all in the pilot. I have no memory of Robert Redford being the president when I watched the pilot. I think they do reference him in the pilot. Uh, I realized in the second go around, but I didn't catch that at all the first time. And um, the whole show really is an allegory for the presidency. And and there's this whole idea, like that's what kind of, I mean, for sure they have a celebrity president and that's kind of a joke about celebrity presidency in the Watchmen. Although in the show, he's dangerously left as opposed to dangerously right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dr. Manhattan, he's kind of a metaphor for the, for the president, isn't he? Like everybody's chasing this uniquely, uh, this unique omnipotence with which they intend to save the world. He doesn't deserve to have the power when I have the power, when I steal it from Dr. Manhattan, I know how to save the planet. 
Right. And that's kind of who True right. is. And that senator who I called Mild Chandler. Right. And and the funny thing is, so one of the big twists in the show is that Angela is actually married to Dr. Manhattan. What did you think about that twist? Well, I'm I was a little bummed because that happens at the end of episode seven. Um and I had it spoiled for me that morning. Um, oh no! You read something about it on IMDb, of all places, uh, and it's since been fixed. So it must have only—it must have been very bad timing on my part. But like under the main cast, like fourth down, the guy who plays Calvin, he like it was his actor's name. I forget what his name is. He plays Calvin and Doctor Manhattan, like right there in the uh, cast uh, listing, uh, which is a re- an egregious spoiler. Um, I think you would have enjoyed the show 30% more if you didn't know that was coming because that was such an incredible twist. Well, and I didn't, I didn't really register it. Like I, 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 it spoiled for me and then I tried to forget it. And then when the spoiler starts to show itself, I still tried to convince myself that maybe I misunderstood and she comes home and you realize that she knows something about the true identity of, of Dr. Manhattan that we don't know. And they've already planted the seed that Calvin has amnesia. And so that's starting to come together. But she also has this son, this adopted son, who is weird. And it is teased that he has some kind of superpowers. And that's never really fully fleshed out until the final mm. moments of the series when he finally learns out that his mom is um, Black Justice. Is that what her name is? Bla- Black Knight? Or anyway, um, he goes into her little bat cave and sees her suit and he looks up at it. And I think the insinuation there is that he's going to grow up to be you know, in the family business, he's going to wear a, a hood. and Right. Um, yeah. And so Angela is the granddaughter of William, that that orphan from Tulsa, who a hundred years ago kind of became the original hooded justice, who, hooded justice. who fought crime uh, and fought uh, racist crime from within the police force by wearing a mask, but he had to wear white makeup on his eyes so that people would think he was a white vigilante because they're treated yes. with more uh, more respect and safety. And I guess in the in the comic, the the identity of Hooded Justice had never been it, it had never been shown. Oh wow, cool! So that that was a big like reveal. And so I also understand that in the comic, um, Doctor Manhattan's main love interest is uh, the detective who Gene Smart plays. And it is uh, kind of loosely in the show that they used to have a fling and she like calls him and like, she's still maybe in love with him. Although, although calls he's to Mars, <laughs> right. He's in love with Angela, but she's like right. still in love with Dr. Manhattan. I guess that's like the central love story in the original uh, book. I loved her. I thought she was, I was so glad that she doesn't die in the end. She's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. There. And, uh, <clears throat> The I found the uh, the wife of the police officer Don Johnson. Oh yeah, was really good. Like kind of like very evil vibe from her, Mrs. Caldwell. I I completely forgot that Don Johnson died. Like it's so funny. Like I watched that first episode, and I'm watching the the first episode for the second time, and until he is hanged by William, sort of, um, mm-hmm. and that was one of the great reveals when they reveal how he hangs people. He uses that that hypnotizing light that was amazing um yeah i completely forgot that don johnson's character he briefly pops up in a couple of flashbacks but he is not a, a main character in the show yeah yeah and i feel like there were more plot twists 
man, uh, there were clones. Like we haven't talked about Jeremy Irons at all. Right. Yeah. Who is like, not, he's like, he is a bad guy that doesn't realize he's a bad guy. Yeah. He basically k- killed 3 million people to try to save the world and sees that as like, he did a heroic thing. But this again, that's the presidency. Like he's, he's right. narcissism right. incarnate. Like he, th- he's, he thinks I alone can fix the problem and you have to crack a few eggs to break, to make an omelet or whatever the, the metaphor is. Eggs are very prominent in this show. Eggs are very prominent. And if you go back, there's actually a lot of Easter eggs, no pun intended. Um, like one of the first scenes is Angela cracking eggs. Oh yeah. Well, and it yeah. makes a smiley face with yolk, which is uh, a right. reference to the original book. Um, this is one of the most violent shows I've ever seen in my life. Um, I was this like I don't remember being violent. Like I dude, have no you, barometer. If you don't, it. if you don't remember the violence in the show, you might be a psychopath. It is phenomenally <laughs> violent. Really? Yes. I yes. Don't know, man. People I've just getting friggin' stuff. melted and crushed, and like w- when she realizes that she has to bring Doctor Manhattan back from from Calvin. She just fucking goes to town on his head with a hammer. Yeah, but it's not like showing it. Ugh. It's just the idea of that happening. It's it, it still feels pretty gruesome. Okay. Violent show. Very good. Uh, nominated for 20, 26 Emmys in total, including uh, lead actress in a limited series, Regina King, lead actor in a limited series, Jeremy Irons, supporting actress in a limited series, Gene Smart, outstanding limited series, um it basically nominated for everything it's eligible for it's i think right. i think the emmys are are all going to be a toss-up between watchmen and succession they're going to own this year's emmys ultimately the the show kind of ends with um uh dr manhattan kind of having to destroy himself and sacrifice although he's like indestructible this machine that true lady true has created uh to is it to destroy the world or is it to try to i kind of forget no, it's it's to take his power, and then she to thinks she power, then right. she thinks she can like save the environment, and it, it's it's right. what I said before. Like, if I were to have his power, if I had his omnipotence, I could do it better than he. I could fix all the things that he never did. Right. It's everyone trying to solve problems. She's scary, Whereas, man. Lady True is a scary TV villain. She was. She was. Yeah. Um. So he he dies and they kind of gives you uh leaves you on a cliffhanger of whether angela kind of inherited his powers does it though or is it heavily implied that she does indeed inherit his powers yeah i mean i think that's what it's supposed to be and i think if there was a second season she would have them but there's no second season which is definitely for the best leave it i think it's good too yeah Yeah. did it did, did it give you any um urge to read the book yeah, it did. Um, but I just feel like there's like, is it a book or is it? It's a, it's a graphic novel. It's, it's considered the greatest graphic novel ever written. It's the only graphic novel on time's list of the hundred greatest novels of all time. Is it just one graphic novel? though? Yeah. Like it's, is, like so it's, it's not a series. I mean, it was released serially, but it's, if you buy it now, it's 30 bucks and it's one meaty book. Okay. Yeah. No, I would totally read it. And beautiful artwork, Alan Moore, um, who is famously not very favorable towards uh, any kind of DC adjacent property, and it probably would not give a very glowing review of this particular installment. Um, he's kind of okay. like left hands off the Watchmen. 
Right. He's not even really credited widely. And I mean, he probably gets a based on original characters created by Alan Moore and whomever the other guy is. Interesting. So do you officially give it your S? Do you, do you love this show? Do you like this show? Are you just okay with this show? I absolutely give it my S. It is like, it's still not really for me because of how violent it is, but it did blow my mind a few times. Like it, it is incredibly yeah. intricate. Um, it, it's quite a theoretical masterwork. It's very well thought out. Um, beautifully uh, performed. Like Regina King has got to win that Emmy. She's so it was, good. It must have been kind of pleasurable to have all the episodes in advance and watch all of them within two weeks. I said that today. I said I would not enjoy this week by week. It's much more bingeable. Right. Yeah. And I still watched yeah. it. I only watched, I never watched more than one at a time. I watched nine episodes over nine days. And that was a really great way to ingest it because they're long, hefty episodes. Um, yeah. But, oh yeah, it's good. I also don't think it's so much about the the end as it is about the ride. Like every episode is like some new crazy thing happening. Right. And and it, you just kind of want to enjoy it. I think it's episode seven that's largely in black and white after she's taken her grandfather's um uh pills that that give her his memories and the whole thing is yeah. her kind of living through the 20s and 30s and 40s as if she was her grandfather and i think that yeah. episode is one of the greatest episodes of television i've ever seen it's i think it's episode like six seven and eight and like the way that they created that it was like she was drugged and like, like all it was just such great storytelling damon lindelof who knew yeah damon lindelovers forever i love that guy that's right yeah you trust in everything that guy does. Always trust Damon Lindelof. Always trust Damon Lindelof for sure. For sure. All right. Okay. Your turn. Okay. You, I did not give you, if, if Watchmen is your perfect show, I did not give you your perfect show. I don't think either of us gave each other our perfect shows, which is that, what is, is right. kind of ideal about the it. Exercise we, we not to, the exercise was not to please you. It was to challenge you. That's right. That's right. And, uh, the show kind of did. Um, I had no trouble like getting through it for no. sure. I mean, it's but, a quick watch, right? It, it is normal people. Yeah. Watched it on the CBC gem app, which I was able to download on my TV. Right. Which is great. Um, a lot of commercials, but besides that, totally okay. It's I mean, free. it's, it's free. That's where I watch normal people for the second time. I've watched it twice and I've read the book. Oh, wow. Yeah. What did you think of the book? I love the book. You read, you read it in, I read it in like 48 hours. It's like such a quick thing. Um, really? I mean, it's exactly like the show. It's, it's one of the most faithful adaptations I've ever seen. Okay. So, uh, we've kind of recapped it already, but, uh, Connell and Marianne are, they're in high school together. Uh, Connell is a bit of like a rugby star, but he's kind of a quiet, shy giant man. Um, Marianne's like, uh, uh, insanely obnoxious yep and obnoxious in like a a defensive way she's Um, not popular she's not very well treated by her peers or or her family or anyone and so she's quite a loner that's right uh but they uh the father the mother of connell cleans marianne's house uh marianne's mother is kind of a cold lawyer i think um the father's not in the picture the brother is uh (laughs) psycho is a psycho yeah like there's no that was it took me out of it so much how mean the brother was to marianne there was never any justification i hear that criticism he's i mean except for that he more than likely was abused by their father 
Oh, is that okay? Is that kind of read into it? I mean, that's that's kind of what I take from it. It's not any clearer in the book than it is in the in the show. In and, fact, at one point when she tells uh, Connell that um, or she implies to Connell that her dad, when he was still around, um, would hit her mother. He's um, Connell asks Marianne, did he ever hit you? And she says no. And in the book, in spite of what I just said about it being a faithful adaptation in the book, she says sometimes. And so, oh. so he, like the father was clearly like very demonstratively abusive. And so it's plausible that her psychopath older brother, who's also going nowhere, um, right. gets that from, from the, from his dad. Yeah. So, um, they continue their relationship. They kind of break up. He, she stops going to school. Uh, they were kind of having a clandestine affair and then first year university connell goes to trinity college where she also goes but she's a year behind i think right so no I they're the same age year. they're the, the same age yep okay. the, i think maybe they just didn't know that they would run into each other but um there's kind of a role reversal culturally so she suddenly fits in and has friends and he feels right. very fish out of water right and he's like a terrific writer um and they start seeing each other again after she like breaks up with her boyfriend and there's some, he's kind of friends. There's a lot of like breaking up and getting back together all throughout the show. Oh yeah. Um, and it's always very upsetting when they break up, but then they find a way. Usually they they're dating other people and they kind of get back together and throughout the whole show, you, you kind of know that they're going to get back together. Yeah, and and like, they love each other, and they're the only ones that understand each other. Is supposed to be the big takeaway. Well, and like Connell, notwithstanding, Marianne, uh, because she doesn't think very much of herself, only dates like the douchiest guys. Yeah, like intentionally is looking for for guys who kind of treat her like her brother treats her. Yeah, she wants to be owned. Is kind of her thing. Like she wants to be um, somebody's property. Almost, it's kind of like a, a, a creepy but interesting character choice. But yeah, that, I found that so strange because she never loves it when she's in those positions. She just kind of thinks it's like what she deserves. That's right. Um, so I found that a little strange, especially up to the the final episode where they're there. And I've skipped some probably major parts. She, she goes to Sweden and basically has like an uh, like almost dangerous style affair, which oh, yeah. she forces like a nice guy he's like i like you like what do you want me to do she's like i would rather not be liked like it's actually awful that you like like me like this i want the opposite you are and then right he starts at, like acting at, so insane yeah at first you do it is kind of odd because he but he also like takes to being like the the dominant member of that relationship like a little too easily like i don't care right. who you are like to look at her tied up on the bed and say you're worthless. Like it takes a certain kind of person to have the capacity for that. That's true. And then Connell, I think that like the, the one time it's, it's like nice is when she asks Connell to hit her and he's like, I don't think I'd like that. (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets very embarrassed. She, She feels judged by him. And that was kind of the last time they break up before the real last time that they break up. So do they break up at the end? Are we supposed to believe that they break up with the possibility of getting back together? Cause he, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't understand that choice in the least. Like I get 
I get the fact that, like, they were so happy at the end. They finally figured everything out. Right, but they've done for each other what they needed each other to do, right? And it's not out of the cards that they could find each other again. That is always what happens. They they come back, but they don't want to they don't want to rely on that. And most importantly, she has found through him the self-worth to not need to be with him anymore. She doesn't need to she doesn't need to follow him to New York City because she doesn't need she doesn't want to be owned by a man anymore. Well, yeah, that's fair, but they were they were partners. They were friends. Like why why couldn't they? Well, I think I think they'll still con- continue to be friends. Like look how they they Skyped every night when she was in Sweden. Like they'll probably stay close and like who knows, maybe they'll get back together. But like it's why it's really important that they not do a second season of this show because it's better that we're totally. having this discussion. Um he, you know, like like I said, that's that that was her character's journey and his was agreeing that he needs to believe in himself enough to actually take a big step. Uh, to better his his life and circumstance rather than just like staying in Carrick Lee. Yeah, yeah, that that part I get. I, I get both parts, I suppose. Like it, the thing is like they need to become their fully formed selves. I guess I'm understanding that more as I speak to you about it. Well, and, and essentially it's just a show about those five years that are our most formative between like 17 and 22 when yeah. the, pe- the people who we know and love are not only the people we know and love forever, they're the people yeah. who make us who we are. So I was really interested through like the first, uh, first, let's say, eight episodes. And then, man, 9, 10, 11 go on a real depressing turn. Like, yeah. insanely depressing. Like, well, it is... I don't know. Is it it like, is it pretty realistic? Like it's pretty, it's pretty, the groundwork is laid for their friend back home kills himself. He's that guy is so lonely and, uh, Oh man, it's so worth it to see Connell in therapy when like, that's why that guy's nominated for an Emmy is when he breaks down talking to that therapist. Is he nominated for an Emmy? His, his breakdowns were legendary. Yeah. Yeah. It's his first time on camera. He's never acted in anything besides, uh, like a play. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. They were they were so subtle, and he, they, he looks like a normal guy. I will say he's, he's not like a. He's just so like outwardly emotional. I think people like really take to him. I've really taken to him. Um, well, it's a hard it's a hard role to play, like a super understated shy guy. Yep. Um, especially when you're, I guess, an actor. Like your whole thing is to like be over the top. Yeah, that's true. It's a very specific role type because like you said, he's supposed to be like liked by everybody and he's kind of like a jock in school. But on the other hand, he is shy and he's like, he's kind of insecure in his own way. And that's kind of why, where they meet in the middle, these two. Yeah. Yeah. And he becomes, uh, I guess, kind of like, yeah, less secure. Actually, they both have like an absolute cavernous (laughs) insecurity. Oh, yeah. Like, like they, they have huge bottoms and and it's kind of at the same time and that's when they find each other and i guess that's important too they build each other back up um why is it called normal people it's it's more prominent in the book i had the same question at first they really and you do notice it in your second viewing of the series they say the word normal a lot like essentially like they're both connell especially really hung up on what other people are doing like it is how i feel right now normal 
And right. I mean, the, the moral of the show is, yes, obviously it is, but they feel right. so alien in, in all of these feelings they're having. And so I was, I was happy that he confronted the brother in a way that wasn't like the, like antithetical to the character. Like it, it, they didn't make him like punch him in the face and stomp him out or anything. He just kind of had like a quiet, like pushed him up against a wall and said like, I'll, I'll just kill you. Yeah. I'll kill you. Yeah. I'll come back here and I'll kill Marianne. myself. Marianne. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then, Marianne then he goes back to the car and this is after they've just had a fight and she's got a bloody nose and he says, I love you and nothing's ever going to happen to you again. It's, it's beautiful. And then it's, then it's happy until it's not. Yeah. And that was the thing. Like, I, I just hate that. She's like, I think you should go. I think you really should go to New York. And then it's kind of like, a, I'm not going to go to New York with you. And we were like, Oh, just go like make this a happy ending. We, we suffered through like three episodes of pure, pure depression. Like, but they are happy in the end. Like they, they are, they, they end the series smiling at each other. It's not a tragic yes, ending. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They, you know that they're going to be friends forever and, and they're very important to each other. And the point but, is like earlier in that episode, in the last episode, she's like walking through the school halls with her friend and she's like, I never thought I'd feel happy says, before, but like she's finally she's figured content. out. She's content. She's finally figured out who she is. Like she's so happy to like go to the swimming pool and then come home and like watch movies in her jammies or she says something to that effect. And And so if she were to follow him on his scholarship, it would be supportive and maybe she would have her life there too, but she would just be doing it um, as an extension of him. And she needed to find her own individuality. You made a really good point with the belonging to the, like it's a, it's a big important step that she's not belonging to. Yeah, Cause she doesn't right? belong to anyone. She doesn't belong to a family. Like she's, she's constantly looking for some kind <sighs> of property. I was just so transfixed by how happy they finally were. Mm. And they were, and that was because of each other. And the whole Christmas scene. Oh, she like, comes to Christmas oh. and it's beautiful. And then she they see the mother and she just keeps walking on. Like I know. God. I know, wasn't that's, that, that's so cold. The only other character I want to talk about is Jamie, um, who's her other big boyfriend during breaks with Connell. And he's like from her friendship circle. And he's like a nice guy TM who's kind of a provocateur, who's always like saying controversial things to upset people and then he's clearly like kind of into marianne and she just dates him to date somebody and then they're together right. when they're all in italy for the summer and connell comes to visit and yeah uh jamie and marianne are not getting along and speaking of psychopaths uh, speaking of psychopaths that guy is very upsetting in that episode he is he is such a weaselly wiener he's very king joffrey yes absolutely but like when he overfills the champagne glass like just to be a a, a dick and then just drops it. Yeah. I love how they don't really explore like, like anything after that too. It's just like, clearly that's done there. And yes, yeah, it's just about one. two people. Like there's really almost nothing to, um, any like Niall or, um, what's Marianne's kind of like cokehead friend named. It, it doesn't matter. Like they, they don't Peggy. really Peggy. They're all kind of two dimensional. It's really just about these two people. I gotta say, I love Nile. I was like, I know what an I'm, awesome I'm, dude. I'm Team Nile. He was just <laughs> always great. Like he would give some shit, but like clearly, like wanted to help. Was like a nice guy. 
Yeah, he invites Connell into his inner circle. Like when he, they just kind of live together, but he invites him to have beers with his friends. He's definitely a good support system. Well, that's one of the one times where like, he, like Connell is completely happy and like getting along with people that kind of seem like-minded. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so did you like it? Do you give it your S or did I, did I give you too much to handle? No, no, you didn't. I, I do like it. I, I thought it was, uh, very well acted. I thought it was such an interesting, um, burn. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, do you remember, you remember what I said to you after I finished watching the series? Like it didn't, it almost didn't sit with me right. Like it, it gave me this like wonderful unsettledness the first time I finished it. Yeah. Yeah. And that is always kind of a nice feeling where you're like, that could have, could have went a bunch of different ways. And, but Jen and I felt kind of ripped off by that. That's too bad. We were kind of like, yeah, come on. Like, See, I, I embrace it because yeah. I've, I've just never been made to feel that way. I guess it was like a new, uh, emotional evocation from, from a piece of art. And so that's what made it special. I get it. And I at the it. end of the day, I just, I'm crazy about love stories. Like you're looking at a guy who's watched Titanic like 10 times this year. My favorite movie ever is the princess bride. Right. And I, and I honestly, I think this ending ages better Yeah, because it's just, it's not so cookie cutter. There's a, uh, a really good short that they did for red nose day where, um, they each separately go to confession to talk about this dysfunctional relationship they're in. <laughs> and the priest is the hot priest from Fleabag. It's a great, no. <laughs> it's a great sketch on YouTube. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Man, Britain has such cool little, th- like red nose day. I know they do a great job. They've got a, a fun little vibe going on. Yeah. Yeah, created by Richard Curtis. More stuff like that. If you love love stories, you like Richard Curtis, you like Red Nose Day. Aww. Good, successful first show show series series. Maybe this is like a once a year ahead of the Emmys thing. I think so too. Like, yeah. you know, I don't, I I think we had enough shows to pick from and say, this is a, this is a fun idea. But honestly, I love taking it on. And I uh, and, I'm, and I'm happy I watched the show. I'm happy you did too. I I knew that you wouldn't regret it. Same way you knew I wouldn't regret watching Watchmen, which I didn't. I'll never watch it again. Although I am kind of curious sure. about the book. I kind of want to read the graphic novel because. And you have it, don't you? No, I don't have it. No. Oh, I thought it was like in your possession, like on your bookshelf. It is the kind of thing that I would own, pretending to have. But read. not. But yeah. not have read. Hey, speaking of bookshelves, you haven't seen this in. Not that you're in person now, but you haven't seen my my great creation. No, uh, it looks great. I know. So we built this bookshelf uh, on my birthday. Becky and I were both on vacation and and uh, we were inspired by our friends who built uh, a bookshelf and um, and we wanted to take it on and it was not without its hassles, but uh, we're very yeah. proud of the end result. You're, we borrowed your stud finder and it was not terribly reliable, my friend. <laughs> no. I told you, like I... I have found it to be a little sketch. So what was the issue? Did it keep saying there was electrical or? No, like we would find a stud and then we drill the hole and there's no stud there. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. That's okay. We borrowed another stud finder and we, we made it through and they seem pretty. And that one was better. They're pretty hardy. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I, I tested it before leaving though. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think it maybe is okay. But it's, yeah, I find it to be like, it can be a little off. That's okay. It was a day and a half job instead of a day job. And we're very pleased with it. But no Watchmen nice. upon these shelves. Not yet. Not a Watchmen upon those shelves. Um, 
Oh, I was going to ask you something else, like before we took off. Another normal people thing? Because I could, I could do another hour on normal people. No, I don't think it was another normal people thing. Well, we have a Will Smith uh, tidbit here. If you want to stick All with right, Will Smith, I know you. I know you heard about this. Will Smith and Kevin Hart rebooting planes, trains, and automobiles. No, I didn't hear about this. Is this a good idea? I don't know because I, I I don't hold planes, trains, and automobiles close to my heart because I've never watched it. Me neither, but I really like John Hughes. And I also just acknowledge that it's very important to a lot of people comedically. And this just seems like the wrong move. This just seems like mm-hmm. you it just seems like a provocation that some people are going to be angry about. Kind of like Ghostbusters is like, nobody asked for that. Yeah. What are you looking for? What are you trying to achieve here? Well, and you can so easily make a uh, planes, trains and automobiles adjacent movie without sure. calling it planes, trains and automobiles. Sure. Do something similar. And it wouldn't have anything to live up to. <laughs> no. And a year down the road, people would be like, that's kind of similar to planes, trains, and automobiles. And someone else would be like, ah, only sort of. Yeah. They'd be like, the case for this movie actually being planes, trains, and automobiles. Right. And it'd be a bit of a deep dive and no one would care. So, I mean, yet another reason not to trust uh, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I kind of don't trust Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart jumped to Ellen's defense. And at the end of the day, never uh, trust true. Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the lady we really don't trust now. Will Smith, we're like, yeah. Yeah, see how I brought it back to, it to, to the real issue at hand? <laughs> I'm happy you did. All right, never trust um, Ellen, right? Never trust Ellen. Always trust, trust every, Ellen. Show Show Loves Raymond. That's what we decided. I don't, show I don't know if that's going to, I don't know if that's going to age. We don't, we can say that anytime that, uh, that it comes up. Anytime that Raymond comes up. Show Show Loves Raymond. Show Show Loves Raymond.